Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 116 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 14 through 17, where bugs crawl inside you to turn you into a zombie, rock turtles put themselves back together wrong, and the best place to fight is a giant underground lava pit. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there that if you wanted to battle, there is no better place than an underground giant lava pit. Um, if you are somebody who agrees with that, and you might want uh, to go to an underground giant lava pit a couple of times a year, um, let's say three or four times a year, well, do I have a great deal for you? All you have to do is meet me down at the uh, Hotel Ramada, and we can talk about it. You might even win a, a free a free crystal flute for coming down there. Is it an instrument, Ooh, or is it just a glass? A crystal flute. Get excited. Let's jump in. Oh, I went really, I I, uh, I wasn't expecting that, so, you know, but uh, I will say that I am completely sold and I will buy it. Uh, money is not an issue. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm just going to throw it out there that uh, we are going to start um, a timeshare program for underground layers. Uh, look, lava is just one of the many layers that we have. <laughs> Get your anime Anyways, timeshare today. Um, so hey, everybody. Uh, a, a couple of things from this past week. <laughs> um, so a couple of things from this week. Uh, I did. I I did start the the trek down. Um, uh, one second. Uh, I did start the trek down. Uh, watching different anime every day for anime. Um, or that's anime. Get it. Get it. Get it, Can you get it, Blake? No. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I started watching them. Um, I've watched I've watched three so far, and then my week got crazy, crazy busy with work on thir- on Thursday and Friday. Um, so I'm gonna be watching three different episodes of things today, and I'm gonna be posting mm. about them tonight. So that's gonna cover my Thursday, Friday, and then secret bonus Saturday because I screwed up on Thursday and Friday. Um. <laughs> But I just wanted to quickly go over a couple of the shows that I watch because one of them is uh, on Mecha Monday. Well, first of all, let me just say I love that everybody suggested things or a couple of people suggested things on Twitter and a couple of people th- suggested things to me in person. Um, but can I throw it out there that uh, Mecha Monday had Gun X Sword and uh, that show is just like... It's a like a little bit more ridiculous and uh, crazy version of like a Trigun meets um, I don't know like a big Gundam show meets Big O. It's it's really ridiculous but also really good at the same time. Um, I'm very interested to keep watching it. Um, on Tuesday, I watched the first episode of Parasite: The Maxim. Um, I think I remember, like, as I started watching it, I was like, I think I've seen this show before, or at least a couple episodes of it. It is still as horrifying as I remember it being. Did, did, there's, in the first episode, 
you find out that there's like aliens and or they are possessing people's body parts and their body parts basically turn into like monster parts that have blades on the end of them um and they can mutate into different forms the the main character has his arm turned into one of these and then there's a part where he murders a monster dog and it's just it's just horrifying inside of the first episode <laughs> so uh so you're excited to watch more huh no i i would like for somebody to make a suggestion so i can stop watching it um and then <laughs> i thought you were gonna be like yeah but you know i'll watch is, something else uh, Um, the last one that I wanted to mention, though, is my favorite of the ones that I've watched this week, which is The Disastrous Life of Saki K. Um, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. However, I will say that this show not only makes fun of like tons of tropes that are inside of anime, it does a great job at comedic timing. It is very funny and very quick-witted, um, and it, it's just... Oh man. So like the main character has psychic abilities, but he's had them since basically birth. And so it's these people that are just like, Oh, they're they're He's a super powerful psychic. So in much in the way that like Saitama becomes like jaded with the world, he's become jaded with everything because he knows everything because he read people's minds. Um, and so he's just like going through the world jaded. Um, and there's like his, one of his friends though. And I put friends instead of quotes. He's like, He's like, he always baffles me because he's the only one I can't read his mind. And it's like when he tries to read his mind, there's just nothing there. And he's just staring blankly off into the space. And there's many, many parts of the episode where the guy like will say just the dumbest things out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I would relate it's a lot just... to that character. Oh, man. He, in a weird way, he reminded me of Kuwara, but that's just neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, relevant to what we're here for today, but. What what have you been up to this week? Uh, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't been up to a lot of anime related things. Uh, my husband is back from the front. And so I've been spending a lot of time with him and he is not very into anime. So uh, we've not been watching a lot of anime. I haven't been playing a lot of magic. Uh, he also is not into that, but I'm playing it on Arena, so that's been a lot of my focus this week, which is not very anime, but uh, is very nerdy, so I'm going to bank shot myself there. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, let's, uh, I guess, just go ahead and jump into these episodes. Yeah. I, 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 think, uh, I think it's a pretty news-light week, I guess. I didn't really see any anime news, but... Uh, you know, if you're craving anime news from us, I would say substitute Spencer's uh, anime watching as a recommendation. And there's more coming. Three more today, I guess. So uh, there you go. Which will be yesterday by the time you are able to hear this episode. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, this is a story about a guy named Yusuke, who is kind of a tough street kid of middle age. Uh, who gets killed while doing a good deed, and the underworld is confused because he was killed while doing a good deed, and they thought he was kind of a bad guy. So they give him a chance to come back to life, and he does. Now that he's back alive, he has spirit powers, he can see ghosts and demons and stuff, and the underworld is like, great, that means you're going to be our detective and do shit for us. 
Yusuke recently had a mission to go to the place where a character named Genkai was holding a tournament. Genkai is an older, very powerful uh, master and was looking for someone to um, succeed her in learning her techniques. And she was perfectly content to pass those techniques on to whoever, as long as her techniques were passed on. As such, a very powerful demon tried to get those techniques, and Yusuke had to beat that demon. It was completely rando, and became Genkai's student. Uh, that uh, kicked off a six-month training period, which in a complete bucking of anime trends, we will see absolutely none of, except a couple of quick flashbacks just to illustrate some of the things that he went through. There is no training arc. There's not even a training episode. It's mind-boggling. Um, anyway, while Yusuke was off training, a couple of his friends were back home and wondering where he had gone. Uh, the key one of those is Keiko. This is a girl he goes to school with. They are definitely into each other and have a very close relationship, uh, even though they're kind of middle school antagonistic to each other when they're actually together but they just they seem like they very deeply care for each other and she does not know where he went and uh, is very concerned about him the other one is a guy named kuwabara who to all the world seemed like somebody who hates yusuke because they are kind of rival gang members essentially but uh, actually they have a sort of respect of the streets or respect of the warrior for each other where they they see each other as um, worthy opponents and have developed a sort of friendship based off of that respect. Um, then Kuwabara was involved in a couple of things, namely the Genkai tournament also, uh, which has started to really solidify them more as allies and friends rather than as sort of friendly antagonists. Um, but I don't know that the rest of the world knows that about Kuwabara. Anyway, he knows that Yusuke won this tournament. He knows where Yusuke is, and he has uh, he will reveal that he has secretly been training to try and keep up with Yusuke, because during the Genkai tournament, he developed a special spiritual power as well. Um, Yusuke's power is to shoot the spirit gun, which is a big concentrated blast of his spirit energy out of his fingers, and he will learn some new techniques uh, under Genkai. Kuwabara has a spirit sword where he can extend his spirit energy out into a lightsaber and fight with that. Um, and then Botan is the uh, underworld representative. She's She claims to be the Grim Reaper, but she does not fit any of those tropes uh, for uh, American audiences, or I don't think for Japanese audiences either. She's very, uh, she's very bright and colorful and upbeat. Um, and she serves as an emissary to Yusuke, mostly to tell him what his mission is and to give him updates on how the mission is going. Um, the only other important characters right now are Hiei and Kurama. These are two demons that Yusuke had to fight for a previous mission. Kurama was pretty much not that bad. He had some uh, fairly altruistic motives and gave up on doing the bad things to accomplish those motives when Yusuke showed him another way out. Hiei is more antagonistic. Yusuke was able to beat him largely through chance, and uh, Hiei may or may not be frustrated by that and want some revenge. Uh, they were both also very cool, and we were like, man, I hope I get to see them again, and if the opening credits are any indication, we will. And uh, that's going to bring us to episode 14. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so this episode has uh, two titles. Uh, you might be looking at it in the sub, and you might be looking at it in the dub. Um, inside of the the, I think that's the difference between the two. Uh, mostly because the dub is the Funimation version, where they yeah, the the, table, the parentheses right? are the American titles, and the or and the or sorry, the the quotes are American, the parentheses are yeah. Japanese. Um. So the the Funimation version though is the one that updated the the titles i'm pretty sure though um but anyways so the two titles are the beast of May- the beasts of maze castle uh or the four holy beasts of the labyrinth castle a challenge to the spiritual realm um which is a better title i'm just gonna throw out there but whatever um <laughs> so well you know but again this is the difference between the japanese productions and the american productions where japanese productions often have two full sentences as an episode title that tell you exactly what's happening Whereas American productions usually go for shorter titles that insinuate what's happening. Yeah. But this episode is going to start out ridiculous, by the way. Um, so we're going to get our one and only moment with Keiko and uh, Yusuke's mother in this episode and in the episodes we're covering this week. Um, so it is going to be uh, Keiko being like, where has Yusuke been? And Yusuke's mom being like, he's been gone for uh, exactly six months today. Um, and she's like, well, that stinks. And then Yusuke wanders up and he's just like, hey, and covered in dirt. And they're like, okay, that's great. And then don't pay attention to them anymore um, because uh, Yusuke is going to get pulled into a another battle sequence. <laughs> there is a nice moment with uh, with Yusuke's mom where Keiko shows up and she's like, uh, you know, he's been gone for six months. Nobody knows where he is. And I'm worried. And his mom's like, I am not worried because if there's one thing I've learned recently, it's that he always comes back. And even from the dead, this is nice if you don't think about it too hard because he has come back from the dead recently. And uh, she she was not a great mother and has some alcoholism problems. And those were exacerbated by his death. And him coming back seems to have given her a new optimistic outlook. And that's great. Uh, if you do think about it too hard, you, you're like, well, your kid just died and came back from the dead, so don't you want to make sure he's fine when he di- vanishes for six months shortly thereafter? But, you know, don't think about it too hard. She's been drinking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then uh, Keiko and Yusuke are going to go to the movies. Uh, Kuobara shows up unexpectedly. Nobody um, bats an eye. Quite inexplicably is there. Um uh, yeah, nobody's just like, oh yeah, Kuobara, you're here too. But anyways, whatever. We can. So, um, like, I, I thought about this, and like, Kuobara and Yusuke are rivals, and everybody knows it. And Kuobara very publicly was upset when Yusuke was dead, but otherwise, nobody would know that they have anything but animosity toward each other. So why is Keiko okay with him hanging out suddenly and not saying anything about it? Yeah, I know. I I just. I don't know. I I guess I guess because they seem okay, it's okay. Please Whatever. tweet your anime um, theories to B and S get jumped. <laughs> yes, please send them. Um, so the next thing that happens is going to be the big, uh, big important part of this episode. Um, that is going to be all of a sudden they realize that they have been followed um, by a group of rowdy looking men um, they assume that it is a rival gang coming after uh, Kuobara and Yusuke um, so they let Keiko go get into the movie theater and uh, my favorite part is Yusuke is like uh, we have to go get some guy stuff and uh, and 
she Keiko's just like, that's okay. And then as I start to walk away, Kumabara is like, cool. What kind of guy stuff are we going to get? <laughs> He's so oblivious, which is actually kind of ironic because Kuwabara is explicitly the one who is able to see things well. And Yusuke has trouble with that, but Kuwabara has missed this. It also made me think of like, you know, the, these are these are middle school aged kids or whatever. So they're they're probably stereotypically going to be a little uncomfortable about each other's bodies and particularly the opposite sex. And I was like, I could understand girls needing to go around the corner for girl stuff because, you know, you need to go get like tampons. There's just there's a little bit more maintenance in the middle school era as a girl than there is as a guy. I think there's a little more maintenance in every era if you're a girl than if you're a guy. And yeah. uh and I think girls tend to uh sort of culturally go do girl stuff uh more frequently uh as a rule because guys are kind of fragile and uh, unnerved by the female body. So uh so it makes sense if characters are going off to do girl stuff but like what the fuck is guy stuff? Like, what are they going to get? <laughs> what Specifically, what are they going to get that needs two guys and no girls? Like, there we're is coming, no... We're coming back carrying a bench that was too heavy for me to carry. <laughs> we're going to go pick up some heavy things and put them back down. <laughs> we're going to go pick up rocks and then set rocks in a slightly different place. <laughs> anyway, know, so... Stuff. They're attacked by this gang of people. It turns out this gang of people are zombies, and it turns out that Botan is there to tell us why. There are these horrible dragonflies. Well, first, we're going to get to see our first badass new maneuver. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't ability. believe I it's forgot to write shotgun. that down. Yeah. So Yusuke reveals this ability. It's super sweet. He like opens his palm and shoots out a whole bunch of spirit gun bullets all at the same time, and he calls it shotgun. Um, it is dope. Um, after also, that happens, Botan uh, is, is going to show up and be like, "These guys are infected with bugs from the demon world, um, the, and they only infect children and depressed people to turn them into murderous monsters, zombie people." Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. The The spirit shotgun is also a pretty big power-up for Yusuke because before this, he could pretty much only use his spirit gun like once in a 24-hour period unless he was in a, an area packed with spiritual energy, and now he just fired off like multiple blasts. And I don't think they're all the same power as a single spirit gun, but they are multiple blasts, and this is a, this is a pretty big and noteworthy power-up for him. Um... So, Botan is going to be like, there's these horrible dragonflies. They're called Makai insects. Um, there are these four motherfuckers. They're all demons. They're the four holy beasts. And they are locked in a castle in the demon realm because they were so bad we locked them up. They have gotten a hold of this thing, this Makai whistle, which allows them to control these bugs. They have sent these bugs to the human realm. And the bugs are going to take over people more and more until everybody has been turned into a dangerous rioting zombie person unless we let them out of their castle. So what you have to do is go into their castle and break yeah. the whistle so that we don't have the earth destroyed by these bugs and we don't have to let the beasts out. Anyways, so, uh, so the the next part that's going to be happening here uh, is that uh, Botan is going to be like, hey, 
by the way, we should open up this hole that connects with uh, the demon world, and they just randomly are finding it in the middle of this like warehouse, I guess. <laughs> I thought it's I, just I, a I the impression that she created this portal. Borrows just like cool, fuck it, and just jumps down. I got the impression that this was a convenient power of hers rather than a conveniently located portal to the exact part of the demon realm they needed to be at. All right, so there is a funny part where Kuwabara is... Like, Botan realizes that Kuwabara is there, and then she's like, oh, demons, what What are we talking about? We're not talking about demons. And Kuwabara's like, look, I, I don't know why you don't recognize me from earlier, but uh, I know about this stuff, and I actually can see demons better than Yusuke. So I'm going to jump into the demon hole uh, and then Yusuke can come along too. And Yusuke hesitates because he remembers that they left Keiko waiting for them in the movie theater. And he is like, shit, she's going to be really pissed. I am going to go fight the murdery demons and you go tell her that I left because that seems like a better deal. And then he leaves too. Yeah, so uh, they're supposed to tell Keiko what's going on, but instead they're just kind of like, peace out, by the way, Botan, it's your problem now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, a great part that happens right after this, too, is uh, the reintroduction of Hiei and uh, Kurama, who, uh, by the way, uh, Kurama is actually my favorite character inside of the first couple of seasons of Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I love his character. I love his plot arc. Um, I love his ability, which is just his abilities are kind of random. We'll get more of them as we get into more of like the there's a tournament arc that will eventually happen. um, And there's a really sweet fight. Um, but I, I just, I love the way that Kurama fights. Um, they're going to come and save them from a bunch of lesser demons that are attacking from the ground. Um, think of them as like a, a mix between that, that weird hovering cat from He-Man, uh, and also, uh, orcs, I guess. (laughs) I think they're like, they kind of remind me of the Star Wars, uh, desert traders that like get the droids. Uh, you're talking about Jawas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jawas. Yeah. So there's a lot of them, and Yusuke and Kuobara start to be overrun. Hiei and uh, Kurama show up. They don't even fight them. Just appearing causes these lesser demons to scatter. And uh, Hiei and Kurama are immediately like, it's not great that you were about to be overrun by them because the characters we're going to fight are much, much stronger. Yeah. Um, so that takes us into episode 15, Ginbu, the stone beast, or the beautiful dance of the rose, the elegant Kurama, which is a better name, uh, as a Kurama fan. Anyways, um, (laughs) so they all go in after arguing amongst themselves, uh, he talking about how he, he's eventually going to want to kill Yusuke, um, Kurama being kind of indifferent to it all, uh, and then um, Kuobara being like, I'm not useless, I'm not useless, I'm not useless. That's going to be a theme throughout the castle. Um, yeah. Kuobara is going to be saying that a lot. Um, they they get inside the castle, and the first thing that happens to them is that they stand still long enough to almost get smashed by a gigantic pillar that comes out of the ceiling because a weird eye with tentacle arms is, and, and wings is just like, hey, there's uh, the gate of betrayal and you've got to pass it and here's what it is. Let me show you this lever. Let me pull this lever. And he like pulls it down and then a giant rock falls onto them. But instead of 
instead of killing them right away, it gives them an out to get out, but not all of them, just one person. It gives them enough time so that one person can escape and leave all the others to die. Yeah, the wall, or the, the ceiling, it, it has some sort of magical property where it can sense how strong they are, and it requires them to expend enough strength that three of them are required to hold it up. Uh, or sorry, it, it requires them to expend enough strength that all four of them are required to hold it up, but it leaves enough leeway that you could, like, snap off your power and jump out of the way and leave the other three to die. But whoever decides to do that, to do that first, the next person won't have enough time is, is kind of the deal. So the goal here is to make you sacrifice all your friends uh, and it leaves you alone. And also makes you, you know, a horrible haunted person. Uh, but also there's a second secret trick, which we're going to find out when Yusuke devises a plan to get out of it, which is Hiei is the fastest. So he should go over to the lever and stop the ceiling from crushing them. Hiei is like, I want to kill you. Why would you have me be the one who gets out of here when I could just leave you to be crushed? And Yusuke is like, well, I trust you. So deal with it. So then he a uh, jumps over to the lever and then stops and watches them holding it up. And they're like, oh, fuck you. Are you going to betray us? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and the, the little floating eye thing gloats about it. And then it reveals some information, which is basically it's good that you let them die. Because if you tried to stop them from dying, you would be crushed by a boulder that would fall here, too. And Hiei is then like, thanks for the information, and slashes the thing across the eye in a really gruesome injury. Oh, and yeah. He doesn't He doesn't kill him, which I thought that that would happen. Instead, yeah. he's like, go to your masters and tell them what you've seen here. <laughs> Show um, them what you saw here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, he dodges, he, he lifts the lever, dodges away from the boulder. They get out, and then they go to their first level, um, which is, uh, I'm calling them levels because they are definitely video in a video game scenario Absolutely. here. Um, you have to beat each mini boss before you can get to the final boss, and you have to uh, use one of your allies each time you go. Um, so this first battle is going be to be between Ginbu and Karama, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, this, Ginbu- is, this is basically a tournament arc in the form yeah. of a mission because it's yeah. it's characters facing off in one-on-one single elimination battles, but that's because they're deciding to do it that way rather than being in a tournament. But th- this is a tournament arc just disguised as something else. Yeah, it is. It's great, by the way. This it's back so and forth good. sequence that uh, that Gunbu and Karama have um, is just it's 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 a good back and forth. Gunbu is going to reveal one of his powers, but not all of his powers, um, and so that makes it a very interesting fight because it's got a lot of like moving pieces to it. Um, so Gunbu is originally going to real uh, reveal that he can uh, form himself with any stone that's surrounding him, and so he. Uses uses this to extend his tail through the ground to slash Karama from the back. But the best part about this is that while he is sort of explaining this and everybody's paying attention to him explaining it, he's doing a sleight of hand like a true evil like boss should where he's talking and make you making you look at him while he extends his tail into the floor so he could stab Karama in the back from behind. He's like an evil it's... magician rock turtle. Y- yes, ex- that's 
perfectly explained. Anyways, um, so uh, Hiei, uh, Hiei is going to shout out that Karama needs to pay attention to what's happening to him. Um, he gets away just in time, but is slashed just a little bit across the stomach. Um, he then reveals that he has a, a rose inside of his hair, um, and it turns into a big giant whip. Um, this whip can cut through basically anything. He calls it a rose whip. It's great. Every time he uses it, it I just, I, I love the attack. And it's one of my so favorite cool. parts about it too is that like after he activated, there's a bunch of petals falling down and like he is just like, it's a very powerful ability. He's not going to be able to stand up now. And then Yusuke and Kuobara are just both like, oh, it smells nice in here. And look how pretty <laughs> it looks. <laughs> Uh, I forgot about the smell too. That's plot relevant. He he basically spreads rose petals throughout the room, which spread the scent of roses throughout the room. And Genbu smells like a demon monster, and yep. he is trying to use his phases into rock ability to uh, totally fake out Karama and get a devastating blow on him. But because he doesn't smell like roses, Karama is able to uh, sense exactly where he's coming from fast enough to react. And he uses his rose whip to chop Genbu into tiny little pieces. Yeah. Genbu's head on the ground. He's just like, oh, gosh, how could you have defeated me? Um, and they start to wander out. And Karama's like, oh, no, God, it's not over. Um, and it turns out that Genbu can reassemble himself. Uh, he had the chop chop in fruit. A, yeah. You wrote that down. And I was just like, Ugh, One Piece fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a new One Piece fan. Let me have this. Look, okay, so I like One Piece a lot. I, I am on the train of uh, starting to get some things over with, please. Um, uh. Mostly the anime. Um, I was reading, I, I've been reading the manga, like, I started with one, and I am almost caught up with oh One God. Piece manga. I love One Piece manga. The show is too slow. It is so slow. Well, I can show, read like 20 chapters of the manga and I'm just like, yeah, that's enough One Piece. And the show is just like <laughs> two episodes and nothing happens. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not enough information. The show is moving at a – it is like the love child of Dragon Ball Z and Bleach because Bleach doesn't have a lot of filler in its regular arcs, but it, then it has full filler arcs, whereas – uh, Dragon Ball Z doesn't have a lot of filler arcs, but it has a lot of filler in its regular arcs where they, you know, stretch out power up sequences and stuff. And it seems like One Piece stretches things out and then has smaller filler arcs. Yes. Um, although Especially I, I did anime. hear like Mother's Basement or one of the YouTube anime commentators that I follow made a made an observation that the filler arcs in One Piece work better because One Piece is already kind of an episodic adventure structure. That's um, true. So at least there's that. It's easier to pill yeah. and swallow. Okay. So um What were we uh, talking about? <laughs> Ginbu is going to use his ability to fly at Karama in a whole bunch of different pieces. Karama is able to sense that one of these pieces is the uh, uh, basically the brain of Ginbu's body. Uh, grab it out of the air. And then when Grimbu reassembles, he's like all out of order. His head uh, is the most, you know, the it's most addictive. prominent thing that's out of the order. Yeah. His, his, his head is there. He turned into, you know, a dickhead. It's like that um, weird then, music video. Have you seen this one where people have faces where their their junk is supposed to be, and the whole music video is like people taking their pants off to reveal a human head 
in their crotch and then like the human heads kissing and stuff and it's like i i have not seen this video and i do not ever care to see this video it's upsetting <laughs> it's it is like yeah. you hear the concept and you're like yeah that might work and then you watch it and you're like this it's just like it's the horror of the absurd or whatever it is where it's just like this is not of god i can't yeah, it's it's awful. Anyways, um, instead of watching that, everybody should just watch the Long Long Man uh, trilogy. Long Long Man. <laughs> it's the Japanese version love- of the panda cheese commercials. Absolutely. Oh my god, I love it so much. Just, <laughs> it just, it's the fact that it. Oh, I don't want to give it away. Watch yeah. it. <laughs> the ending. The ending, though. <laughs> The ending was like, oh, this is what Blake wanted the whole time. It was um, amazing. It was such a twist, <laughs> but then they like kind of stick the landing in the way that a an absurd commercial does. And I was just like, yeah. delightful. Bravo. Oscar yeah. worthy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, getting back to these episodes. Um, so uh, Karama is going to crush Gimbo's, uh, Ginbu's, uh, uh, I guess it's like his brain piece. Um, and that is going to kill him. He explodes. Um, they then go up to their next boss. Uh, that takes us to episode 16. Uh, Byako, the white tiger. Gro, Rin, uh, Rin, uh, Reiken, uh, Kuobara, a man's fight. I, I forgot love, that it was called Reiken. I love these titles smashed together. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that it was called Reiken, which I guess is Ray Sword. Yeah, because Ken is sword... And I guess Ray is what they use for spirit power or something like that in this series. Um, okay. okay. So uh, this episode, I would like this to take. Episode, I would like to take a second to again express my complete delight at this series. Uh, also, I had started watching it independently, as some of you may remember, before we decided to cover it on the show. When we decided to cover it on the show, I stopped watching it independently and started watching it for the show only. And episode 16 would have been the next episode I watched. So this is new territory for me. And both the episodes I had seen before and these two that I had not seen before are fantastic. And I am consistently delighted at how good the storytelling is in this show and at how fast paced it is. Like the first episode has them discovering an issue going into the demon realm And ending up in that challenging, you know, cavern that's going to crush them. And that would have been three or more episodes in a regular anime. And it's just one. This show is so fast paced and it's so good. And like, I've been writing notes recently using like Wikipedia articles to help jar my memory. And for these, I just wrote them because the episodes are so memorable. Yeah. So here's one of my favorite fights with Kuobara that happens in the show. Um, I like this Kuobara fight, and I like it because there is a lot of nuance to it, um, because Kuobara's powers are twofold. One, he can sense things. Two, he can make an energy sword. And I guess 2A, he can make the energy sword longer or shorter. Yeah, which is a new power he's gotten in the last six months. They nuance this so much inside of the fight. It's fantastic. So the first part of the fight is as follows. Um, 
Biako is going to stand at the top of a tower and scream things until they fall into pieces. And then, uh, by the way, that's not a joke. He's he's literally going to yell at the ground, and the ground is going to turn into an arena. Um, and Kuwabara is like, I'll fight him. And everybody's just like, you probably shouldn't. And he's like, I'll fight him. And he starts to go forward, and they're like, really, don't. And he's like, I'll fight him, though. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, um, Vyako's like, I'm not even going to come down there. I'm going to pull out some of my hairs and turn them into demon monsters. Um, and he's got they Cyber Man fight. living on his head. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the monsters are going to immediately start dealing with, uh, Kuobara. Kuobara isn't going to be able to deal with them at all. Um, they're then going to, uh, chase Kuobara who gets slashed a bunch of times before he decides that he, he's like, oh, I have an idea. And he starts to run back towards where Yusuke, Hiya, and Kurama are. And they're just like, you took all that time to keep on saying that it was part of your code and then you're just going to run away. <laughs> it's very funny but it's also a nice fake out because Kubar is not running away he is running to the very thin bridge of stone that's left remain- remaining after Biako's scream fit and he is using that so that the four hair beasts he's fighting have to walk in a straight line and can't come at him from all angles which is pretty smart he- yeah, um, he then uses his energy sword to human centipede these monsters. Oh my um, god! How did I not <laughs> think of that? I'm so um, upset. <laughs> yeah, we even see the moment where it goes through their mouth and then through their butt. It's like gross. Yeah, that's true. Um, but instead of instead of killing these monsters, he then uh, Byako is just like, "I'll give them more power," and they just keep on chasing after Kuwabara, and he's like, "Ah!" And so he runs to the end of the tower, um, runs around the clock tower part of the top of it, and then attaches the sword so they're um, they're trapped inside of like the energy sword that's through them in a circle, and then they make a real dumb donut joke. Um, and then wonder- my favorite part is that Yusuke is just like, hey, do you have anyone that are chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) He's such an idiot. (laughs) There's, I wonder what the joke is in Japanese. I didn't think about that until now. Uh, I wonder if it's a donut joke or if they do something else. But yeah, they're basically stuck in a a demon monster merry-go-round. And uh, I think at this point, Byaka's like, fuck it. I'll, you know, expel them and they're they're not here anymore. And I'm just going to fight you myself. Yeah. So Byako comes down, Kuobara then stands up to Byako again, tries to fight him with his sword, slashing him over and over and over again. It doesn't seem to be doing anything, though. And then we figure out that the reason why it's not doing anything is because Byako can absorb energy that hits him. So it turns out Kuobara's weapon is basically useless, or is it? Which takes us into episode 17, Biako's Lair, Biako's Hellish Roar, um, which are very different titles, but whatever. Um, so it turns Biako's out. Biako's Hellish Roar is better. Yeah. So Biako is absorbing this energy over and over and over and over and over and over until he finally explodes from too much energy and falls off the side. And then in. No time! Biako's like, by the way, I'm not really dead. I'm in my lair. Come to my lair. <laughs> yeah. I will also interject here that the energy-absorbing character being beaten by absorbing too much energy is the 
clichéist of tropes in this genre, and Yu Yu Hakusho maybe gets away with it by being like 20 years old at this point, and so potentially being one of the earlier adopters of this trope. Yes. Uh, but also, he's not actually beaten by this, so I, I'm going to give it a tentative pass, but I don't like that trope. I, I acknowledge that beating characters with that power is a hard thing to figure out, uh, but um, that has been done. Yes. Yes, it has been done. Anyways, they're going to go into this lair. This lair is a lava pit with a whole bunch of floating stones. Uh, this is that are the, on the anime tops, version of uh, the Cinnabar Island gym. Okay, fine. Um, so at the very top of these uh, these pillars are stones that you can stand on. Um, so Kuwabara is just like, I'll keep on fighting. Um, but wait a minute. Before that, I forgot. Um, Kuwabara has this moment where he's just like, after Biako explodes, he's like, hold on, all of my energy's in the air. I need to breathe it back in. And then he, uh, Kurama's just like, you idiot. It returned to you immediately after he exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that said he is pretty fatigued from the uh round one fight he had with biako and everybody can tell and they're like all right kubara you absolutely did your part you don't have to keep fighting him let me tag in and kubara will have none of it and he just jumps out there before anybody can stop him yeah, so he is then going to be assaulted by two different new attacks that we haven't seen from Biako before. One of them is Biako can use this horrible scream power of his to create balls of energy that decimate anything they touch. Akuobara is going to originally think that he's going to be able to deflect this uh, with his sword, but it turns out that he, with a good warning uh, from everybody else, they're like, don't touch it, it's going to destroy your sword, it will destroy everything. And uh, they were like, why? can he deflect it with the sword then it, you know it's just energy power and they were like well if it had hit the sword it would cause a chain reaction inside of Kuobara's body and it would have destroyed him from the inside out yeah, because um, the sword so, is made from his spirit energy it would just travel on that spirit energy into inside of him and eat him alive Yes. Um, and then the second attack that Biako is going to use is that he can shoot out these little uh, these like uh, uh, I guess like Flanchettes, or I can't remember what they're called. They're like they're kind of like Sendu a little bit. Yeah, they're uh, they're just like little blades that he can throw out that are made of energy. Um, They're going to hit. Yeah, they're going to hit um, uh, Kuobara so that he keeps on having to jump around. Um, and after he jumps off of these platforms, he then, um, uh, Biako has been shooting the platforms and exploding them. Um, and so um, he is left with a pillar. And then the other pillar is Biako's, and Biako's like, you can jump over to me. And then Kuobara's just like, he missed that one little pillar. I'm going to jump to that one. And he starts <laughs> to move to that, and then it explodes, and he's like, you thought I missed that one? And he's just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh, this game of the floor is lava is getting to the end point here. Because <laughs> the floor is actually lava, just to be fair. Um so the the last thing that is going to happen inside of this fight, though, is that Kuobara is going to jump towards Biako. Biako is just like, oh, turns out you can't really jump that far. Um, but it was all a ruse uh, cleverly put together by Kuobara. So Kuobara can use his sword to grow long, stick it into the molten he's a, hot magma. He's a long, long man, if you will. <laughs> 
He uses this to pole vault himself into Biako, punch him in the face, and try to fall to his death with Biako into the lava. Biako is going to fall into the lava and die. We think Kuobara went down too, but it turns out that Kuobara actually randomly um, had a bandage around him, and the bandage got caught onto one of the rocks, so he survived from dumb luck. Yeah, and then uh, he is definitely slipping, and or the bandage is going to slip or tear very soon. And the heroes have a brief moment of thinking he's dead and mourning him. Then he's like, hey guys, I'm still alive. Please come help me. Oh my god, I'm going to die. And they rush over to his side and then immediately don't help him at all and make several jokes for like a minute and a half about how they're going to leave him here to fend for himself. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's Okay, we cannot overstate how much we love you, Hakusho. It's so um, good! <laughs> Everybody, everybody who suggested Yu Yu Hakusho, thank you. <laughs> this is this is this is I, I, such a finally, ray. When it's we such rank fresh this air show, from JoJo. Yeah, when we rank, uh, I was thinking about that earlier because this is our JoJo's replacement, and we hated JoJo <laughs> for the most part. And I, I will say again, I've watched a few episodes of JoJo's Part Four. I will continue to watch it because I think they are actually good and kind of what I wanted JoJo's to be all along. But this is better, <laughs> and when we eventually get around to ranking this, I'm going to put it real high on the list. I mean, it's not going to be Cowboy Bebop, but I'm going to be arguing to put it very close to the top. Oh, yeah. It's it's a really, really good show. And um, you should and... be watching it. We always say that shit, but like, if you haven't seen this or haven't seen it in a while, pick it back up. We've, we've all got yeah. time. Okay, so I I tell this to people when they first start watching anime, and they're like, I'm really into anime, what should I watch? This is on that list. Yeah. This is included with my suggestion that um, if you come into it and you're just like, hey, I just want to watch anime, I'm like, great, I have five shows for you, and the reason why I'm going to give you five is because I need you to uh, kind of get a well-rounded experience with your anime watching to begin with. And I usually tell them to watch uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Cowboy Bebop. Then I tell them to watch Trigun. Then I tell them to watch, and this is going to be, uh, it might be a little bit weird for some people here, but to watch Outlaw Star. And then the last one that I tell everybody to watch if they've never seen it before, just to get a feeling of it, is Big O. And what? here's the reason why. Okay? I so, questions. so this is the reason why. I feel like these five shows, I've, I thought about this a lot when I was, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who was asking me about this. I feel like you have five different shows that can get you into different genres of anime and make you like or dislike it as you move forward without getting too in-depth into them. So I suggest Yu Yu Hakusho because Yu Yu Hakusho is funny in good moments and has good anime and has fantasy. Cowboy Bebop because it is space and western uh, and also Outlaw. just phenomenal in general. Yes. Also, the music is fantastic. Um, I suggest uh, Outlaw Star to uh, get people to, if you like magic and space and aliens, but also want ship battles, you've got Outlaw Star. Um, 
I suggest Big O because I really, really think that Big O is a good stepping stone for people who loved Batman the Animated Series when they were kids and need a stepping stone into anime because Mm, it always reminded me of that. Okay, that makes sense. I I don't have a list like you do. Um, I do think that your list trying to account for different genres of anime is really smart. So I'm going to want to look into that for myself. But I will say Cowboy Bebop is a given. I hadn't thought about it until now, but I do think I would suggest Yu Yu Hakusho to somebody who didn't like anime. Like if somebody doesn't like anime and they want to get into it, my first suggestion will be Cowboy Bebop. Because it is a story that does not use a lot of anime tropes. It just happens to be animated in the anime style. It is also high quality animation. So if you don't like anime, it has a pretty traditional storytelling structure that you can get into fairly seamlessly. And all you have to get used to is the art style. I would say that Yu Yu Hakusho is pretty soft on the anime tropes right now. At least on some of the bigger ones like characters breaking into like comedic caricatures of themselves or uh gross out fan service and stuff like that like that is pretty mild in yu yu Hakusho, and otherwise it's a fast-paced action series with good fights and um interesting spiritual mythology grounded in uh japanese lore and so i'm actually i would agree i think yu yu Hakusho belongs on the anime starter kit list uh, and yeah. then I would point out that I am really surprised you did not include Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood on that list. So the biggest reason I didn't suggest that, by the way, I also mentioned Trigun. The reason why I suggest Trigun, and I always suggest Trigun for people to start with anime, is that it is very complex, and it also deals with a desolated after-apocalypse world, and a lot of people are into that as well. Um, so, by the way, um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, I never suggest that to people when they first start watching anime. And the biggest reason why is that some people get completely turned off within the first five episodes of it because some of the most intense shit happens to people very, very fast in Full Metal okay. Alchemist. That's a good like, point. Like th- watching someone two children try to bring back their dead mother and getting a grotesque husk inside of the first uh, Full Metal Alchemist is horrifying. In Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, you get a lot of politics, powers, and random anime tropes very fast at you. And a lot of people are like, I love Edward Alric a lot. Um, the way that he is done in both Full Metal Alchemist and Brotherhood, I think is fantastic. But to people who don't watch anime, he can come off as like a lot, uh, when you first start watching him, because he has a lot of like short anime jokes that are weaved in all the time. And if you're not expecting them and you see them all of a sudden, you're just like, uh, am I super interested in this guy as my main character? But I just, like, if you've watched anime beforehand, instead you're just like, oh, I recognize this kind of character. Just like I've had people lament to me about how frustrated they were when they started watching Naruto because they started watching Shippuden first. I've had so many people tell me that they watched Shippuden because they were like, oh, it's, you know, it's coming out now on Toonami, right? Um, Uh Or it's coming out on, like, uh, whatever whatever it was, like, uh, the 
uh, Adult Swim version of it on Saturday night um, when it was coming out, right? And they started with that, and then they started watching uh, the original Naruto, and they were just like, I like it, but he is so obnoxious. Yeah, And I'm like, it's it's sometimes hard for to for people to watch that kind of character and to get behind him because yeah. like you know most most people that are into shonen style anime are just they start getting into it and they're just like give me a cool fight as a cool fight happened cool i'm probably going to keep on watching it um and then you just kind of get over other characters but sometimes people get get past characters a good example of i literally can't get past this character because he is so that character is black clover i can't oh, yeah. get past the first 5 episodes of black clover without just I just hate the protagonist so much. And people keep on telling me that Black Clover is better now. And they're like, yeah, you just have to get through that. And I'm just like, it's hard. Like, it's, it's, he is, he is quite possibly the most obnoxious lead character I've ever seen in a show. Um, (laughs) It's so much screaming. He just screams all the time. Yeah, I uh, I have also heard that uh, Black Clover is a lot of a lot of uh, anime anime folk like it, of course, but a lot of people say it's very bad, and then suddenly it's good, like fifty episodes deep, which is a pretty big commitment. Yeah, like especially if you're one of those people like like you are, and I I, I am to an extent as well, where like I don't want to jump in later on and get a follow up story behind that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I have like, to go from the beginning. Yeah, and that's um, how you've always. Well, let me say that I actually uh, one these Yu Yu Hakusho episodes were great. <laughs> Watch it. Uh, number two, I think this uh, impromptu discussion about the anime starter kit is a really cool idea. I think we should look into this more, and I think you, listeners, should uh, tweet at us about what your anime starter kit suggestions would be, and I'm going to say use the hashtag anime starter kit, and let's see if we can put together a little list from our listeners. Yeah, I'm actually going to, I'll tweet out about that tonight too, so yeah, get, get prepared. Anyways, uh, stick with us, and we'll talk to you after the credits. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 117 through 121. We're going to get going in that first episode. Blake, we're gonna be re- hold on here. I have just another fantastic offer for you. If you thought Lava Lair was a great gift for your relatives or loved ones, this one is going to really knock it out of the park. Can I interest you in an island... That is covered with gigantic insect people. Wouldn't you want to go there? Can you use cell phones? 
No. Can you use computers? There's no internet. It's like going back to the rock ages, but also there's horrible monsters. Sign me up. (laughs) 